you know, whether I'm, I have a couple strikeouts early in the game, but, you know, I'm, I'm up in a big situation later in the game. I, I'm, you know, I'm not too emotional about those two strikeouts or, you know, the other way around, maybe I have a couple hits. Um, I don't get too high either. I'm, I kind of try to, you know, stay in that moment and um, slow everything down as best I can. And, you know, it doesn't work every time, but, um, but that's, I think that's what's helped for me. And we all collectively just give our uh, producer and editor, Tommy Gold, an attaboy. How about a whisper attaboy on three? One, two, three. Attaboy. Tommy Gold. You see us. You see this face, Coach Ball Game and Coach Chad Chop. You hear our voices. But, um, you know, the guy behind it all, like really making the sausage, putting the butter mm -hmm. on the pan, turning on the stove, getting the plates and forks out. It's Tommy Gold, man. Tommy Gold. How'd you, how'd you find that guy, Coach Chad Chop? Like manna from heaven. Tommy Gold showed up <laughs> in Arizona, and uh, it's really been beautiful ever since. Great, great young man. Works hard. Very smart. Very creative. Still in school right now. On Deck Productions. He's, uh, he's gold. Tommy Gold. He teaches us how to grind. Uh, how are you, buddy? You look fresh. You look good. God, I feel good. Feel good. I had a fresh cup of coffee this morning from Pineapple Labs. Mm. It's uh, uh, Hunter Pence and his beautiful wife, Alexis Pence. That's their company. And uh, it's unbelievable. So I had a great cup of coffee. Good to go. Feel great. Ready to yeah, what's your coffee intake uh, these days? Is it a big guy or a I small? Mean, I just do a normal cup. I just do one cup of coffee and, and, and hope for the best. Hope I don't need more. It just depends on the, the four babies running around if, uh, if I need more. But usually one cup's fine. Well yeah. done. I think the older we get, the less we need to intake. Um, yeah. For me, that goes for alcohol and caffeine. I just yeah. got, you know, I got jittery in my late thirties and, and like, ugh. so yeah, yeah I'm down less, to one solid cup around 5. AM. That's what I'm up to. Less coffee, more power naps. It's kind of our slogan. I like that old man power <laughs> naps. Well, need it. We got a we got a great guest today. You got another great get. What's his name, Coach Chad Chop? Man, <clears throat> this this young man, Brandon Crawford. Uh, holy smokes! Uh, I, I knew he had some awards, but when I did the research, uh, my goodness, it's a laundry list of awards. And uh, more importantly, we say it all the time: uh, high character, great great man. Uh, very proud to call him a friend, and uh, just can't wait to talk to him. He's awesome. Awesome. Anything you yeah. throw out there now that uh, he would uh, be too embarrassed to hear uh, uh, live? I mean, it's just, he's such a high character guy uh, and he doesn't really like to hear about himself. So uh, yeah, anything, you know, uh, I might throw out his accolades now so we don't have to do it in front of him, but three-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, two-time Wilson Defensive Player of the Year, two-time World Series champ, Two-time gold medal winner representing the United States of America. Heard of them. They're great. Uh, he was the fourth. He was fourth in NL MVP this year in 2021. Uh, I mean, he won the Willie Mack Award in 2016, along with Javier Lopez, who we had on the show. Uh, had them yeah. both. Had them both. Yeah. I, had I have a trivia question for you. Uh, I mean, he, he won three gold gloves in a row. Who's the last shortstop to do that? Uh, Ozzie Smith. Everybody thinks it's Ozzy or maybe Barry Larkin. <laughs> yeah, or Barry Jay, Larkin. 
J-Row, Jimmy Rollins had three in a row, man. Another high character guy. Uh, that wow. sixth tool, that uh, having that character, that's really what we're looking for here on the Talk and Shop podcast. And yeah, we've just had great guest after great guest, and they're just a fun interview. You know, it, yeah. it, it it's tough to be so good at baseball, be so great to your community, and be a great interview. But everybody's been so great and different. Like Brandon yeah. Bell, <laughs> he was yeah. hilarious. And Nick Hunley got us off right. Javier Lopez, just uh, nonstop. Today we drop Mookie Betts. So uh, by now you've you've listened to that one. You've listened to Dave Roberts. But um, we'll just keep them coming, folks. Uh, that's what we do here at the Talking Shop podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm in good. I'm in good form. Uh, uh, nothing to really catch up on uh, my way as far as baseball goes, except. Um, this is Buddy the Elf week at my Sandlot. Oh, yes, yes. It's the, awesome. it, it's the week, uh, you know, we have uh, Christmas and New Year's break coming up, two weeks off. So that, that week leading into uh, the big break, uh, Coach Ball Game puts on the Buddy the Elf costume and, and just explores the space. Gets weird, and, um, and the, kids, the kids love it. Can you name the four major food food groups uh, that Buddy the Elf would, uh, would see? There you go. There you go. I I don't know it at all. I don't I don't recall. But I would think it'd be maple syrup. Yes. Cereal. No. Um, spaghetti. No. <laughs> and um, how about more maple syrup? Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. So candy good. corn's a hard one. Candy corn's the one you that, that most folks tend to forget. Can I write that one down? <laughs> Care if I write that down? Probably need candy, to know that. Candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. Yeah, love so buddy elf. So good. Um. Well, uh, before our our epic guest comes on, uh, you tell me about your your weekend with coaching and and catch me up to speed. Yeah, man. We uh we had a. We had a tournament this past weekend and uh, fortunate enough to get uh, to advance to uh, they call it championship day on Sundays. And, uh, you know, the parents, our opposing parents, uh, they were riled up. They were they were really into it and all, for all the wrong reasons. And uh, I was really proud of our parents, uh, just how calm that they remained. And uh, multiple parents told me like, hey, you know, listening to you and Coach Ballgame's podcast, like they 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 get it. Right. So they're they're not matching that intensity and that kind of just ridiculous energy from the other side. And I was so proud of my side. Um, and I have to admit, I, I actually had a moment where I made a mistake uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tournament director comes up, uh, comes up to me and uh, he's like, hey, where's your uh, where's your roster? Right. And thank God, you know, Mrs. Chad, the dad, Debbie, she does all of my GM stuff because I can't stand that side of, uh, you know, just club baseball. And uh, so I told the guy, hey, I, I actually don't do that. My wife does it. She'll get her when she can get her. And the guy kind of gave me some attitude. And uh, I, I lost my cool a little bit. And uh, uh, I had to make it right. So at the end of the day, I, I went up to the tournament director and uh, apologized profusely and asked him what his favorite beverage was. And it was Coke Zero. So the next morning on Sunday morning, I brought him an igloo uh, full of Coke Zero on ice. And, uh, and now we're going to be best of friends. So that's what you do. You just admit that you made a mistake and you, and you make it right. I love that, man, because it's it, there's you're we're not robotic. And as much as we try and 
share the good news of, of positivity to all of our listeners, man, we're going to lose our cool once a day, at least, yeah. you know, being, being parents of kids and coaching all these different personalities. And then, you know, running into a situation that I, I would think it, it's not a big deal, but uh, somebody thought it was a big deal and uh, hits you the wrong way. So good on you for owning up, man. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, I think Javier Lopez talked about it as far as, you know, the kids watch what you do and, and you got to try and stay cool. Uh, but Dave Roberts, uh, you know, he, he was man enough to own up when, when he makes a wrong call, he says, Hey, that one's on me. Uh, this is why I did it. And uh, I'm not perfect. So, um, all these juggernauts coming on really inspiring me to tell my daughter, Hey, I'm sorry. I overreacted uh, in that moment. Cause it happens all the time, man. So, Hey, good on you and good on your, uh, your team for watching the podcast, listening and, and, you know, turning that, that volume down a little bit, uh, because of what they're hearing out of boy. It's, it's, it's been, I'm so proud of our parents. They, uh, they're, they're doing it right. You know, and, and early on and me included, like early on, we all had to kind of, you know, make adjustments, you know, and really put our, you know, put our focus on where it belongs. And, uh, man, it's great. It's great for the kids. It's great for the parents, uh, as a coach, you're just so proud of them. And, uh, man, these kids are working their tails off and it's, it's fun to watch. It's cool. We got to play against uh, a former uh, teammate who was on an opposing team and uh, he did unbelievable. So uh, it was really cool to see him and he's going to play with us in our next tournament. He's just working his tail off and it's so fun to see these kids improve. Uh, without further ado, it looks like our guest has arrived. So uh, Mr. Crawford, I've already talked about all of your accolades. It filled up my whiteboard. But we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. You by now, far have the best looking background. I mean, that's just, it's just strong. I, I'm just yeah. looking at, at, at so much beautiful. Go to the YouTube to see what I'm seeing, folks. But uh, uh, nice <laughs> to meet you. It's a bit, it is. It looks like an, an art shop. It's beautiful. My name's James, but everybody calls me Coach Ballgame. Uh, Brandon, thanks for being on. Uh, I'll throw the first question your way. And it's, it's a question I ask every kid I ever coach. And I know you, you coach kids, you're passionate about the next generation, but, um, what's your nickname and, uh, and how'd you get it? Um, I mean, B cross is a, is a pretty standard one. It's, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Um, I grew up with, uh, a couple coaches calling me crawdad or crawdaddy, something like that some version of that. Um, and then a few years back, I was actually given a pretty good nickname that I've worn on the back of my, uh, my players weekend Jersey, um, by, uh, by your fellow host, Chad Chop, uh, DJ BC Raw. That's a good nickname. That's a good nickname. <laughs> that is strong. Uh, and that one came from, uh, being the clubhouse DJ, um, and then just a little play off the, uh, the B crop. I love it. Good chopper. Throw it, throw it to you, man. Yeah. Well, I, I have an order of how I was going to ask questions, but since we touched on DJ BC raw, great nickname, uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick this off with as the clubhouse DJ and, and my favorite DJ, uh, who are your top five favorite artists? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, 
just because sometimes it depends on the mood i feel like or you know oh, yeah. i have to go to top five of each genre um but uh my my favorite is the weekend um he's been my favorite for a while um but man then we could go all sorts of different directions um i guess um just thinking about people that i play you know in the car driving home or something like that um that i can probably listen to at all times and just kind of throw their uh throw their collection on on shuffle and and not skip too many songs um i mean the weekend for sure then uh post malone um probably tupac um if we're going all time taking it old school uh, <laughs> uh then i'll go a different direction go morgan wallen um and luke combs that's five Wow, that's a well-rounded five. Coach Ballgame, what do you got? And it's all over the place, man. I, 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 I could go of... even further, too. I, I oh, mean, I love I it. Go with Halsey, uh, you know, Elenium, the Chainsmokers, guys like that also. So yep. I'm all over oh, the place. I could talk music all day. I, I've, I've played drums my whole life, and I've tried to learn guitar. And now I've brought it into my coaching because kids remember songs, and they, they, they feed off of it. They love music so let's go let's go a big win uh, what what's a what's a genre you're going what's a couple songs you're going after a huge win uh we have the same win playlists uh i created I, I used to have help on this creation of this of this win mix before somebody left for another team hooks uh, and hoops so we, have, we have the same mix yeah, that's right hooks and hoops we have the same mix every after every win, um, and it's typically uh, rap, um, like kind of like pumped up, kind of like a party mix, um, um, just because everyone's excited coming in the clubhouse after a win. Love it. Um, well, I it, for me, it's so fun watching you play the game because, and I I, I don't know if you loved multiple sports growing up, but it definitely looks by the way you field a ground ball and the way you move you played soccer and football and basketball it just seems seamless uh the, the way you can field a ground ball was baseball your favorite sport was it your first love or uh did you have other loves early on yeah no it was it was definitely my first love and i think um even in kindergarten i think i said i wanted to be a professional baseball player when i grew up um so it was it was definitely always my my favorite um my favorite sport but i played soccer till i was 12 i played basketball um up till my freshman year of high school uh played played football um when i finished playing soccer um, up to my senior year um and football was probably my my close second um in high school it was my second favorite um, I, I definitely, I loved playing football, the Friday night lights and all that, um, were a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I grew up with a, a big baseball fan. My dad is a big baseball fan. So he, he definitely taught me to love a baseball right away. Awesome. Chopper. So yeah, not a lot of people, well, some people know this, there's been stories written about it, but Brandon grew up like a huge fan of the giants and wanted to be the shortstop for the San Francisco giants. So it's always great to ask him, and I'll, I guess I'll ask you right now that question. Anytime we do, a, we do our Brandon Crawford baseball camp, and I ask him that because all these kids want to do and have these dreams, but Brandon is living that dream. Uh, I looked it up. He's 
played the most games at shortstop in San Francisco history. And that's what you wanted to be at a very young age. How were you able to realize that dream, Brandon? I guess uh, what steps, what steps did it take? What? A, a lot of hard, hard work and commitment. Uh, um, I mean, those are, those are probably the two biggest things off the top of my head. Obviously a love for the game um, is how it started. Um, and then, you know, growing up and, and continuing to, to play and, and still love the sport. Um, and um, then just putting in the extra work, the extra practice um, as I got older, because I knew, and my dad told me uh, that all these other kids are going to be getting better. And, um, you know, you want to be able to, to continue to stay on top. You have to put in the extra work. So, um, you know, even, you know, through high school, I would take my Friday nights and go to a batting cage um, and take hitting lessons while my friends were, you know, going to each other's houses or whatever kids do on Friday nights. Um, and then just, um, you know, hitting in the backyard or taking extra ground balls um, with my dad, uh, probably when it wasn't even safe, the, you know, how dark it was outside trying to take ground balls. Um, but just putting in all that hard work and then, um, you know, even in the college and, and minor league ball kind of not necessarily taking ground balls with my dad, but putting in the extra work to, to try to continue to be better. And the main thing that I take from that, the hard work's obvious, uh, but is that you talk about the love for the game. And so in this podcast, our goal, talking to youth coaches and kids and parents, is that make sure your kid loves it and is having fun. And that's the main goal when you're young, is you have to have that love and passion for the game. Because as it gets harder as you get older, that love can kind of get you through it. I love that. Coach Ball game. Well, yeah, that, that intrigues me big time. And we're trying to just give resources to these youth coaches of how to make it fun and how to garner that love for the game that it sounds like your dad fueled in you. Was there anybody other than your dad at a young age that that they were the fun coach or they were the coach you wanted to um, you wanted to win a game for who, who inspired you early on? I mean, I think the the love for the game and having fun with it just, I mean, I, as far as I can remember, I think that came from my dad. Um, I think there were a lot of, there were definitely a lot of coaches along the way that, um, that kind of shaped me in different ways. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't even, there are so many throughout the, throughout my, um, you know, playing career that it's hard to pick out one. I, I know there was, there was definitely one in college, our, our infield coach um, definitely um, helped me with like with infield and footwork and stuff like that. And I, I just I loved taking ground balls, um, you know, during that time in college. Um, I mean, I did before, but, but for some reason, it like kicked another level in me, I guess, to, you know, I love defense. Um, but then there are just so many along the way, whether it was um, you know, whether it was the kind of the hard nosed coach that, you know, kept you, um, kept you honest, or, you know, the guy that told me I was too small to play shortstop and I was at second base for a few years um, and kind of helped garner that drive to, um, you know, to continue to get better and, um, you know, be a shortstop because I knew that's where I wanted to be. Um, so, I mean, there are just a, a lot of guys uh, along the way that, that shaped, um, you know, who I, who I am as a, as a player now. We just interviewed Mookie, and he talked about this. Mookie Betts, like, like uh, moments he had playing high school basketball that really 
put a chip on his shoulder or, or made him more gritty or moments he had, uh, you know, on the football field where there was a certain coach that, you know, there's totally different ways of shaping a certain kid, but the common thread seems to be this character, like that at whatever field you're on, wherever you're playing a different sport, it's kind of necessary to have those different moments because, um, it, it builds character in different ways. Uh, if I was just playing baseball my whole life, I wouldn't have gotten the grit on a football field or, um, uh, you know, even like getting almost hot and, and, and to the point of anger on a basketball court, like just uh, uh, Wojo defense kind of slapped the floor like that helped me uh, when I got, you know, more into competitive baseball. So um Love that. Love that. I'll throw yeah, one more at you. Then one, we'll send it back to Chopper. But yeah, one of the coaches I was talking about was actually a football coach. So, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, I, you definitely get it from, you know, from all sports for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. And my, I know I, now that I coach kids, I hear my football coach's voice in me all the time, as well as the uh, baseball coach that maybe, was a little too negative. Uh, and, and I even hear that sometimes when I'm making mistakes and I'm like, whoa, put on the brakes here. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it all leads to, to the greater good. Um, uh, you talked about ground balls and just, you just had a love for fielding ground balls and it obviously shows <laughs> watching you play the game. Um, but what's your advice to that young infielder out there? I know kids should play multiple positions to to become a great athlete but once they hone in on on being a shortstop or being a second baseman um what do you tell a child um I, i've i've always said i think footwork's the most important thing um because you could have have great hands and, and terrible feet and you know the balls you're gonna end up taking getting bad hops and um you know you're, you'll make bad throws because your foot your feet aren't aren't set the right way um and you can take a guy with, with, you know, not very good hands or below average hands, but if you give them really good footwork, they're going to find a good hop every time. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to make the play. Um, I think that's, that's been the biggest key for me over the years. And, you know, that's staying at shortstop for, uh, for my entire career. I mean, I'm not, not young anymore. So, you know, continuing that, that footwork and, um, you know, um, keeping at that, um, I think is probably the, the most important thing. Good stuff. Footwork kids, footwork chopper. Yeah. I wrote that down. And, uh, one thing about, uh, Corral that I saw firsthand was, I mean, he may not hit on the field every day, but he took ground balls every single day. And that was something that was like non-negotiable, even on a day game, he was in that lineup. He was going to get some ground balls. He just takes so much pride in it. And it's one of those things where greatness doesn't happen by accident. You don't stumble into greatness. Uh, you work on your footwork, and then you can be really great for a really long time. Question I have for you, what do you like most about baseball? Um, I feel like I've gotten this question at our camps before. I think you might have. <laughs> um, I think uh, just the, the competition. I mean, it's just it's so much different than, than other sports. I don't know if this is necessarily my favorite part because it's so frustrating at times also, but maybe that's what makes it more fun when you actually succeed is you fail so much in baseball as a hitter. 
as I'm talking about a hitter, you win a lot as pitchers. Um, but as a hitter, this game is so hard and you fail most of the time. Um, but I think, I think that's also what makes it great is, you know, when you do succeed, it, it, it feels a lot better. You know, the, the best in our game uh, failed seven out of 10 times. So um, I, I just think that that competition and then along with that just is the, the overall teamwork um, of baseball. You know, if everybody has to work together in baseball. Um, it's not, you know, like some other sports where, you know, an individual can kind of carry a team. Um, you know, you need, you need at least a handful of guys um, to work together to, to be able to win. So you touched on hitting and you made some swing changes this over these last couple of years and got to be so rewarding to you. I mean, fourth in the NL MVP this year. Uh, I mean, just unbelievable. And I was on the other side, you know, watching it and it was really impressive to see. Can you give us anything for the kids out there? Just one little tiny little nugget of it's kind of what helped you. And I know a ton went into it. So any, any simple thing, if there is one uh, from what you did, uh, cause man, it's impressive. Um, trying to think of the the biggest key I think I'm trying to think of how simple it, it really is but uh, I think the the biggest thing for me was uh, this this year was cleaning up my my bat path I was just I was really around the ball um, hitting a lot of ground balls to first and second um, in 2019 um, and then we so when we got our new hitting coaches we just we really started like grinding and grinding away at that bat path and, and trying to keep it more like inside the ball up the middle. Um, and really not even up the middle, more just inside the ball. I mean, we were working on pulling the ball all the time. It was just more pulling it the right way instead of um, kind of rotationally where like my shoulders are going towards right field. It was more, um, you know, back at the pitcher. Uh, it was more of like a little dip and back at the pitcher. Um, and it just, it kept my bat path, um, you know, on plane a lot longer. Um, so I was able to make um, more and better contact on, on all pitches, whether it's fastball or off speed. Um, so just kind of staying in that zone a little bit longer. I don't know how simple that, that would really be for, for kids, but, um, but I mean, that was the biggest change for me. Yeah, we, we talked to kids about hitting and it's the longer your barrel can stay in the zone, the, the bigger margin for error you have, right? Especially right. as you get older and the pitcher's trying to mess with your timing. So a ton goes into that. But as coaches, if we can kind of get our kids' barrels in the zone longer, uh, they're going to hit the ball harder, more consistently, have more confidence. It'll be more fun, and they'll fail a little bit less. Coach Ballgame. Um, you, you crushed it at UCLA. You worked your way up the minors. And then right out of the gates, when you hit the show, you're on the biggest stage, uh, you know, playing in a World Series. And you've – me growing up a Cubs fan and seeing you on the biggest stage, sometimes up against my Cubbies, you always make me nervous in the box. You always seem very calm uh, and and like in control. It's I guess it's a two-parter. Is that what you're feeling inside? Uh, or is it slow heartbeat and 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 you're you're good with failure in the big moment, and that's what keeps you relaxed. And then as you get older do those nerves go away? Uh, I don't know if they ever necessarily go away. It, it, it depends on how you're doing lately, honestly, sometimes for me. Um, you know, if if you've been struggling lately, that heartbeat might be going a little bit faster. But, uh, you know, if you've 
if you've got a couple of hits and uh, you know you're feeling good, you you feel pretty confident in the box, and you know you kind of slow everything down. Um, but I, I feel like I've always done a pretty good job of of kind of staying uh, pretty even keel. I don't get too emotional one way or the other. Um, so I think that's that's what's helped me. Um, you know, whether I'm I have a couple strikeouts early in the game, but you know I'm I'm up in a big situation later in the game. I I'm you know I'm not too emotional about those two strikeouts, or you know the other way around. Maybe I have a couple hits. Um, I don't get too high either. I'm, I kind of try to you know, stay in that moment and um, slow everything down as best I can. And, you know, it doesn't work every time, but um, but that's, I think that's what's helped for me. And, you know, this is something we try to educate our, our sports parents on, you know, Chopper just played in a tournament this past weekend where it was not even killed on the other side of the playing field. The bleachers were anxious and loud. And, um, you know, you, you look in a, major league dugout after a, a guy strikes out a couple times they're just chewing a bunch of gum and they're spitting a bunch of seeds and it's like turn the page and exactly. maybe speak to that a little bit what, what do you say to that parent that that just it, maybe hasn't been there done that and their kids in a big moment but what do you say to that parent i mean i've i've always kind of thought that you know especially in the big leagues but i mean it, it applies for kids also the this season has like a season has so many ups and downs. It's such a roller coaster of, you know, of emotions. And like we touched on earlier, it's, it's a game built for you to, to fail a lot as a hitter. Um, so, you know, you can't think too much about that negativity and about the, the times that you failed um, or really the times you succeeded because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you just have to, you have to kind of try to stay with that, that even keel and, um, you know, as parents, you try to, you try to help your kid keep that, that same mentality. Um, you can't get too, too high or low for them either. Um, you know, if you're going to miss one way or the other, I guess it would be high, you know, you get, you get excited for them and pump them up, um, and keep their confidence up. Because I think that's, uh, you asked about if, you know, if the nerves go away as you, as you get older, I think you get more confident because you've had more experience probably in those big situations. Um, so if, you know, if you can keep a, a kid's confidence high, um, they're going to, I think they're going to succeed more often than not. Love it. Chopper, what yeah, do you got term, coming out of that handsome mug of yours? Yeah, the term that I like to use with, uh, with youth uh, is that greatness lies in the moment, right? So like if you fail or even if you have success, like take a deep breath and try to win the moment. You know, and I think sometimes we get caught up even in an at bat where you miss your pitch and then you just that, that, that it's over because you're not able to breathe, slow your heart rate down and get right back into the moment. Uh, that's that's great advice. I love that. Uh, I love that crop. Uh, I am asking you about your teammate, Mount Rushmore. Who is on your teammate, Mount Rushmore? That we did the research. That's four faces, four faces. I went, I went, I went there. I saw it first. It's four. <laughs> <laughs> um are we talking like like skill level like or or just no no here it's more about character and uh and i mean you can go skill if you want but this is more like guys you want to be around i have to pick four of them i mean or 10 whatever you want to <laughs> <They> could... <laughs> this would be a big mountain that'd be a huge uh, mountain i've played for a long time so yeah. uh it, it's 
hard to whittle it down. Uh, I'll go with Buster, um, you know, off the top. Uh, played with them for a long time. And if we're talking about character, it's a, you know, it's a pretty good one. Um, and skill level, I guess also. So he, he applied for, for any Mount Rushmore. We're all, about. all Mount yeah. Rushmores. Um, man, after that, we could go, uh, a lot of different directions. I mean, belt kind of same thing applies. Brandon belt, um, kind of the same, same thing applies to with him and Buster. Um, you know, played with them for a long time, played with them in the minor leagues for a little bit. Um, and we've just, you know, become great friends. So uh, I'll put, uh, I'll have to throw him on there also. Um, but then, I mean, you could go, I could go with, with Yaz. I could go with Longo. Um, if we're going back a little ways, I could go with like Tim Lincecum, Manny Burris. Uh, Manny Burris was one of the guys that kind of, um, helped me when I came up to the big leagues, whether it was, you know, tips in the clubhouse or, you know, what the coaches are expecting out of me, stuff like that. Um, he was probably one of my biggest like player mentors when I, when I first got called up. Um, um, then we could Joe panic played with him up the middle for, um, you know, four or five years. So, um, just great, great friend, great teammate. Um, you know, I mean, Chopper, you know, most of these guys that I played with and, you know, all quality, how good quality they humans. are people and, yeah. and baseball players. So, um, but I mean, I could go on and on, but I'll, I'll stop there. I also mean, great, yeah. Go ahead, great. Go. Just great mustaches, great hair, great beard, great, great pizzazz down that list. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I just, I just want to look at those people. <laughs> Yeah, t uh, Tim Linscombe, uh, man, you talk about a guy who treated everyone amazingly. Uh, Timmy would like design shoes for clubhouse staff and support staff. And uh, I showed up one time my first year and uh, he's like, hey, Chopper, I, I got a glove for you. It's in your it's in your locker. I mean, just like it, Tim Linscombe, you know, uh, unbelievable guy that everybody that knows him really pulled for him and love him. And you know what he did on the field, but Timmy Linscombe man that guy's got a he's just a special special man he, and he, you would never know how good of a pitcher he was um, right. based on just you know how he was off of the field he was just kind of a, a goofball treated everyone uh you know nice like like chopper was saying and um you would just never think that he's one of the best pitchers in the game um just with my you know how nice he was and, and thought about everybody yeah great coach ball game what do you got um you, you played with and against a lot of characters. Who's the funniest guy in baseball right now? If you had to, okay, this guy's going to MC my event. He's just hilarious. I'll give you two if you need two, but uh, who, who, who makes you laugh? And I'm out of baseball now, so you can't go. <laughs> I'll go with just players, I guess, for now. Um, oh, man. Um, I think, I think Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo are, you know, their whole, all their interactions are always seem to be pretty funny. Um, Freddie has made me laugh multiple times at first base. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're probably two of the funnier ones I, I, I could think off the top of my head. Um, Chop, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Kike probably a little bit better oh, than I do. Um, 
um, but he's he definitely seems like a character. I know him a little bit just from playing against him, but hilarious. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's definitely a character. Another thing um, I, I think Tom, about Tom Peterson, somebody I've gotten to know a little bit. He's he would I would never let him MC an event for me, but it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Oh, Jack man. is great. Well, his nickname is Bozo. So Bozo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're just writing that one down. Jack Peterson, nickname Bozo. Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, I mean, that's the beauty of baseball, and, and it, there is a lot of cork cork balls out there. And and watching that video of Rizzo chasing <laughs> Freeman in the in the pickle, and just um, Frederick calling his name. Like I love watching <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, it, what do you guys talk about? I, I see you chatting it up with guys that steal second or on second base. What really goes on in those conversations? What are you guys talking about when, when uh, there's a timeout or you guys are chatting it up? I mean, it depends on how well you know the person typically. Um, a lot of the time it's just, you know, small talk, um, you know, whether it's about the game or, you know, how they've been doing um, this season or, you know, stuff like that. Um, or, you know, where the next city they're headed to, you know, it's small talk like that. But if you know the guy a little bit better, um, you know, you ask about family, uh, make fun of them. Like I would if Jock was at second, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all sorts of different things. Just to keep it light, right? Kids, keep it, typically keep not it about, light. Typically not about the game. Yeah. Or what's going on in the game that day. It's good. Oh uh, man, Chopper, what do you got yeah. for me? You can see Kraus not wearing his pearl necklace right now. So if Jock's out there listening, there's no pearl necklace on currently. Uh, yeah, I saw Kraus uh, during the playoffs, this high leverage Giants-Dodgers playoffs. Trey Turner hit a double and Kraus picked, picked up some dirt and just chucked it at him. You know, just tossed a little yes. dirt clod at him. Uh, that's just out of mutual respect. Trey Turner's a pretty, pretty special player as well. And that eases a fan's mind too. It's like, man, I'm a little nervous now watching this game, but you know, they're just out there throwing dirt at each other. It kind of calms the fan down a little bit and they can say, you know what? This isn't the end of the world. This is, this is baseball, even though it's a very big moment where every family member is hanging on every, every inch of the game. So I love that aspect of it. I, I, uh, I like to refer to Cross sometimes as Neo from the Matrix, just from the way he's able to slow stuff down. I think I've told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. Spring training, 2015, maybe. Matt Duffy's playing third, Cross at short. Ground ball in the six hole. I think a one-hop shot. The dirt's still a little wet and muddy. So Cross goes down, braces himself, fields a backhand. He's got mud on his hand, so he cannot go straight to his glove. Well, most mere mortals would, but Cross Neo and then this is the matrix it's how slow the game is for him he flips the ball in the air wipes the mud off his hand off his with his pant leg grabs the ball throws throws the guy out and as excited as everyone was matt duffy was like a, a kid on christmas he's like did you guys see that he threw the ball up in there i'm like yeah we saw it dude it's he's he's neo that's how that's how slow the game is for brandon crawford folks unbelievable he made it sound way cooler than it was i feel like i mean it was pretty cool i i, I was there uh, question I have for you, uh, what, and this is, this will actually be my last question. Thank you so much for being here. Um, what is your favorite thing about being a dad? Um, you can name a few things. He's got four beautiful babies. They're awesome. Yeah. 
which is yeah. nuts two more than me like i feel like my bag is so full with two and like uh, both of you guys have four like that's yeah. not I, I mean I've done, I, don't know, I don't know how you felt but i feel like two to three and then three to four weren't weren't even that big of a change one to two zone defense well, yeah zone defense. zero to one biggest difference then one to two <laughs> and then after that it's like it's yeah it's all the same we've done this before it's easy yeah. Um, but like, I mean, I think relating it to baseball a little bit is they don't, I get home and they don't care if I went, you know, 0 for 5 with five strikeouts or 5 for 5 with four homers. You know, they, they don't, they don't care at all. They, they're just happy that dad's home and, um, you know, walking in the door and them running up and giving me a hug. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, you know, even more so probably after a bad game. Um, but I mean, that, that applies for anything, um, whether I'm coming home from baseball or, you know, practicing and weight lifting in the, you know, on the off season or whatever, getting home and um, just seeing their face and, you know, having them run up to you and be happy and excited that you're home. Um, that's probably my favorite part. Yeah. I, I like to say uh, when it comes to babies, uh, they make a bad day. Okay. And a good day. Great you know, is when you get to yeah. see their smile and that unconditional love that they have for you. And uh, it's cool when you have kids because it's, it all of a sudden it's less about you, right? And it's more about uh, just loving your babies and trying to be a good example. Uh, yeah. For me, with you, Brandon, just so our listeners know, um, I'm just proud of who you are as a man. Uh, your high level of character, you're a great father, you're a great husband. Uh, you, you're just all around quality. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on today and just thank you for who you are and uh, the role model that you are to all of us and all the kids out there. We really appreciate it. Coach Ballgame. I just second that. That's it. That's, that's amazing. Add a boy to you and uh, uh, you know, seeing what you do with your camps with the kids and uh, the dad of four that you are, man, it just, it makes me want to respect you even more. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it guys. You're the yeah. best. Have a great day. All right. See ya. You guys too. And a boy. Hey, Chopper. I mean, tri yeah. Trivia for you. Uh, he was the first MLB. Uh, oh no, he's the he's the first. Uh, no, let me go back. Um, take, two. First take two. First, take two. His first major <laughs> league hit was a grand slam. Yeah, you, you uh, want me to answer who, that? Who's the only other giant to hit a grand slam uh, in their first game? Oh, I mean, I, I knew the answer to the first question. Oh, I see. I was going to say Brandon Crawford. Um, all right. Uh, is it the recent? only other giant? It's okay, not recent. It recent? Uh, the name. It's not Willie Mays. You're, you're, you're in the ballpark. Um, uh, God. The name is is slightly more recent than the actual person. That's your one vague hint. Man, that's tough. Uh, the name is slightly more recent. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Madison Bobby, Bumgarner. <laughs> Bobby, uh, that'd be great. Bobby Bonds. Bobby, Bobby Bonds. Bonds. Barry's dad. It, yeah. Grand Slam first wow. game. Brandon Crawford uh, set a single game Giants record with seven hits in 2016. Miami. Yeah, he did. I was there. He's won the Heart and Hustle Award. Like you said, 2021, he became the franchise leader in games played at shortstop. Amazing. Super strong. That's amazing. Well, um, well, I had some trivia uh, lined up for last week uh, with Adam Kennedy, but uh, we kind of ran out of time. 
Uh, you got you got time for a little bit of trivia? I got time, and Tommy Gold said we got time, so we got time. Oh snap! That's lit. Yeah, that's lit. Uh, well, do some trivia. Well, just to put a button on uh, B Craw, man. What a what a handsome, uh, just kind individual. What 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 do you got to button that up? I mean, I can't say enough about who he is as a man, and that's the thing is uh, everybody that we're trying to bring on, we want to make sure that the folks know just how much character they have that y'all can see what they do on the field. But that's our goal here too, is we want to change the culture of youth sports, but also shed, <clears throat> shed a positive light on, on some great things in baseball and, and Brandon Crawford, man, uh, I can't say enough about his character and who he is. I love the peek behind the curtain that, that he gave us just with, you know, nerves and, um, you know, different ways of uh, you know, kind of keep, keeping it even killed in the middle of games. And then, you know, the behind the scenes of uh, the kind of music they listen to after a win. And um, I, when I think of the Giants, I, I think of trendsetters. I think of swag. I think of just like different, unique personalities. Um, and he's been there through, through the thick of it. One name we've heard a lot of uh, on the on the Mount Rushmore is Buster Posey that guy he must be he must be top notch yeah uh the the thing about that the Giants do a really good job and the Dodgers do a really good job of this too is they let guys be who they are and they don't try to put them into a box or and I'm talking about when they get to the big leagues they really just let you be who you are uh Tim Lincecum's a great example Timmy yeah. was Timmy was his own his own deal but uh he was able to thrive because they wanted you to be who you are. And uh, it, it's, it's about culture. And uh, they set a good culture and the success shows. Uh, yep. Yeah, looking behind the scenes, it's, it's really culture. So as coaches, it's really important. What culture do you set? So even with our youth sports, like what culture do you set? And a good quote I heard, uh, I believe from Nick Saban or another top-notch coach, I think it might've been um, coach from Vanderbilt, but he said, your culture is defined by what you tolerate, right? So now, wait a second. <clears throat> As a youth coach, are you going to let your parents scream and shout and do all this stuff and argue and complain? Be careful what you tolerate because now you've got this next generation of youth that's coming up. And if you're tolerating that nonsense, we're just, we're just spreading that to the next generation. We got to stop that. That's great. That's great. That uh, it's the culture is what you tolerate. That's beautiful. Sweet, uh, sweet music from Brandon Crawford. Love that big time. Um, big time. Let's just big go down Timmy the list and let's let's go throw it back to Adam Kennedy last week. Um, Who did he get his first hit off of? It was a three run double off um, one of the National League. National, National League. Right? League. Yep. And um, uh, this pitcher. Uh, what was playing for a different team than what he's most known for, but he's okay. very well known for a world series um, championship in the uh, Los Angeles area. Okay. Uh, was it in, was it in the NL central an NL central team? No, this was an NL East team. I'll give you the year 1999. Adam Kennedy hit his first hit off this guy. Um, who was uh, in the autumn of his career because he had won a, uh, a big World Series 
uh, with an with a Los Angeles team earlier in his career. Yeah. I got nothing. I should know it. It's it's someone from the Dodgers in 88. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Oral Hershiser. Correct. Let's go. Oral Hershiser go. with the Mets in Come 1999. On. Adam Kennedy Come on. hit a three-run double off of him. How Man, about that? I feel like I just got a, I just feel like I just got my first big league hit by getting that right. How Deductive reasoning, kids. One more Adam Kennedy for you. Uh, he hit three bombs in, in the LCS, which we talked about. Uh, nine guys have hit three dingers in a postseason game. Who's the last to do it? Three bombs in a postseason game. Man, AL or NL? NL. This Albert game Pools. involves both of us. It is not. Good guess. I believe he's on that list, but he wasn't yeah. the last to do it. More His name came up in this podcast. God, Evan Longoria? No. Not Evan Longoria. Doggone it. His name came up in this podcast today. And he and he broke my heart in 2017. That's your final hint. I can't, you can't give me any more hints. 2017. He broke my heart in National 2017. League, they beat the Cubs. Man, 2017 was a tough postseason. I don't think I watched a lot of 2017. Yeah, I don't know. What do you got? Yeah. Kike, come at on, Wrigley. Kike, Kike, Kike hit, hit three bombs at Wrigley yeah. to close out the Cubbies. Yeah, that's as and good as the does. mustache uh, that Kike sports oh, time to time. The conquistador. Oh, the conquistador. I, I call his mustache the conquistador. As you should. Um, and that took me down a, a nice little uh, train of college records. Consecutive Boy. hit streak. Some guy, some guy uh, at Oklahoma State, 58-game hitting streak. Here's your hint. A bird. A bird. I feel like we're playing $25,000 pyramid. A bird. Yeah. Uh, Robin Ventura. Correct. Well Let's done. Go. Let's 58 go. 58-game hitting streak. Uh, any idea... Uh, what pitcher for Stanford ended the streak in the College World Series? What Stanford yeah. pitcher shut him down? Yeah, righty. Uh, not a righty? Yes. Yes. No, it's a righty. I, I was I, I nodding can... no, but but thinking yes. Yeah, it's a righty <clears throat> who, I mean, probably should be in the Hall of Fame, probably, but I can't think of his name. But I, I can see him. Uh, Mike Mussina. Good guess. Your hint okay. is goatee. Mucina did go to Stanford, but it wasn't Mucina. It wasn't the moose. It was not. It the was moose. the goateed wonder. Yeah. Blackjack McDowell. Blackjack McDowell. Stanford. He sported a. He's he sported multiple facial hair. Uh, you know, yeah, facial goatees. He's had a mustache. Fu Manchu, like you and I rocked a few weeks ago. At least I absolutely. Did. Yours is even better. Oh gosh, I love it. I, that, now we look so clean and young, shaven. But Sweet. that was that was Wyatt Earp. Uh, what what Clemson? What Clemson guy in 1995? No, 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 not 1995. The number of uh, doubles, career doubles, uh, with 95. Played for Clemson. Shortstop. Shortstop. Really Khalil Green. Of B. Craw. Yeah. And, Khalil and, Green. Yeah. What a what a gamer. Uh, uh, career, 
doubles in college with 95. He had the white shoes and the mullet. I was so excited to answer that. I should have just let you keep going and build the drama. But Khalil Green, man, when he was coming up, that was like a can't miss. I believe he played with the Padres amongst other clubs. Uh, but Khalil Green, man, what a stud. Unreal. A lot of B-craw on him, the way he played the game of shortstop. Had some swag. Uh, career dingers in college. Also, Oklahoma State University with an even 100. 100 dingers. Most uh, in college baseball history. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I, need, I need a clue. Strong build to Portly. Pete Incavilla. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Is it really? It is. It is. No. <laughs> Strong to Portly build. Pete Incavilla. Also, That's most amazing. RBIs in college baseball. Well done, dude. Wow. Um, th- this gets me thinking uh, when I when I saw this stat: runs allowed in a game by a pitcher in 1997. Howard versus Kansas, um, Michael Castile. You want to guess how many runs he gave up oh in a goodness. game? Most all time. 22. 24. Wow. Super close. Yeah. Not bad. It, yeah, one, my price is right. I couldn't go over, so that was closest without well, going well done. over. I feel like, yeah. No, you, you Bob win. Barker. Bob Barker, you win. What? Yeah. At what point does the, does the coach go, yep, yeah, I think I'm going to pull him. I just feel like that was probably a situation where they were out of pitchers and uh, is a hang with them. Hey, don't throw hard. Uh, Keep the ball down if possible and try to keep them under 30 runs. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. Um, Most hits in a game. Guy named John McBroom did it in 1967 for Air Force. Yeah. How many? Man, I played at Air Force, and let me tell you, I had a teammate that had never hit a home run, and we went to Air Force when I was at San Diego State. He hit four home runs in one game. So first home run, he sprints around the bases because he'd never hit a home run, even in Little League, any level. Second home run, a little bit smoother. Third home run, he all had a little hop and a skip. By the fourth home run, he was popping his chain, pointing to the crowd. Yeah, Air Force. So this is going to be a lot of hits. Yeah. Uh, did, this, did this only go nine innings, this game? Can I ask that? You, uh, you can, and that is one thing I didn't write down. Um, I will say this guy, John McBroom, he hit for the cycle. Yeah, he, he had did. 12 ribbies and the Falcons scored 38 runs versus yeah, that'll Colorado. Happen. That'll happen uh, at Air Force. Uh, I'm going to say, I wanted to say 12 hits, but that's too many. I'm going to go with, God, it's nine or 10. I'm going to go prices, right? I'll go nine hits. Yeah, I don't think it went extras because they they scored so many runs. It was thirty eight to like seven. Yeah, nine hits in, Let's in go. a nine inning game. Let's go, John McBroom. <laughs> I'm pumped right now. Hey, talk about compete, right? Like I'm trying to win, and I'm not even competing against any. You know when we did our sunflower seed eating challenge? Oh, I'm yes. trying to win. It's compete. You're grinding. I love it. I, hey, we're compete. playing for pride. <laughs> B cross said the same thing that Dave Roberts said. What's your favorite part of baseball? It's the compete. compete. It's the competition. Yeah. Most yeah. RBIs in a game. How many college college? This is all college stuff happened uh, at FSU. They beat Maryland 26 to two this day. 16, 
16 is correct. Do you remember the name of the guy? No, I'm just throwing, I'm just, I guess I'm just being good at life, but no, I don't remember the name of the guy. Buster Posey? That's unreal. <laughs> you guessed that right. I thought you knew. Marshall McDougal had 16 ribbies. McDougal. That's unbelievable. Well done. I mean, Savant. Hey, sometimes <laughs> it's God given. Jim LeFont, uh, I think it's Le Fontaine had three grand slams in one game. What? And and they they say that is the um arguably, but has to be maybe the greatest hitting performance ever. March 24, 1976. Check this out. Played for Louisville versus the Western Kentucky. Do you know their mascot, Western Kentucky? Uh Mud Ducks. The Hilltoppers. Yeah, that was my next guess. Um he had three grand slams and a two-run homer by the fourth inning. Watch the Ted Williams Art of Hitting video the night before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And That's he also so had a great mustache. Honestly, that is so good. That's all I got, man. That is uh, that's a little trivia for you and a little Brandon Crawford. I'm going to do a little, tri I'll, I'll work on some trivia for you uh, next, next time we meet and I'll have some, a few questions for you. I'm pretty I happy. Love it. I'm pretty happy with what just happened right there. No, that's a scholar salute for you, man. That, that is, is completely impressive. And love you know what else game. is impressive? These juggernaut names you keep rolling through the uh, talking shop podcast uh, folks, tell your friends about, about this podcast. We uh, tell them to, uh, listen uh, on uh, on the Apple or the Spotify or the Google and watch it on YouTube. I mean, th this is this is master class in, in coaching and and you also get a little peel back of the curtain on some of these major leaguers that your kids love. That, you know, their yeah. favorite players. Like, what what do they like to eat for breakfast and what kind of music do they listen to? So, I'm enjoying it. My uptick in the happiness has been uh, full board. Um, and, and I'm loving it, man. So add a boy. I mean, yeah, if it was just me and you, uh, I would, I would have a high level of uptick of happiness, but then you, you, you add Truth. in, you add in some of the great, great players of the game and great humans, uh, in the game and, uh, just shining a spotlight on character and how important it is. And that leads to why it's so important to have high character in youth sports and to put an emphasis on that and trying to win the heart. Uh, of these kids. Uh, that's, that's it. Coaches and players and parents. Uh, I love that Brandon talked about, he kept referencing his love, a love for the game. And that's what pushed him. Right. And I can speak to that. Like when he talked about Friday nights, we're putting in work. Like that was my thing was every Friday night, I would take 150 swings. I actually did it seven days a week, but Friday nights, it was really special because, Hey, chopper, you want to go to the movies? I can't, I got to go work. I'm trying to get drafted, you know? And so it's, where's your passion? What are your desires? And if it's not to be a major leaguer, that's okay. That's great. Be nice, be kind, be loving, have fun. But if you have these goals and these dreams and you have a love for the game, it will drive your decisions. Um, and really that's, if you want to be the next Brandon Crawford, it's within your reach. Put yeah. in the work, put in the and work. Parents, it, it, it'll be very noticeable. They will be begging you for that Friday night BP sesh, you know, yeah. they'll be begging you uh, to play year round baseball. And if they are, then it's your job to make sure that they're staying healthy physically and mentally and um, continuing to be well rounded as an athlete. And school, 
do well in school. Exactly. So you kind of, you, it, it is that balancing act. You know, if you've got that, if you've got that stud athlete that lacks the effort or the drive, well then, yeah, uh, let, let's find a way to um, inspire them and encourage them and, and uh, find a way to dangle that carrot that they're trying to reach for. And they're like, okay, I get it. I got to step it up. And then on the other side of it, when you're a, um, when you're a Chad chop, who's begging to, to play seven nights a week, there's balancing acts there too, right? You want that kid wanting to do that when they're 18 and 19 and 20. So, um, Balance, I should say balance. I should say that was when I was in college. So that was yeah my oh going into well, there you going go. into my well well yeah to the point to your point like I had that love for the game at a young age, and that was all I ever wanted to do. And so I built that love, and that'll get you through the tough times that this game will inevitably produce. And then once I didn't get drafted as a junior in college, going into my senior year, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do everything in my power. I was at the gym four hours a day, six days a week, and I was in my backyard because I wasn't taking no for an answer. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it took at that age when you're young, my goodness, be a good teammate, be a good person, uh, you know, fall in love with the game and fall in love with being a good person. Awesome. Well, Brandon Crawford, good person. And if you just listen to it on the podcast, go watch it on the YouTube. He's very handsome. Oh, he's easy on the eyes. Yeah. Brandon Crawford, wow. easy on the eyes. Uh, smells good. Thought, smells like Johnny B hair product. Oh, True. Smells, True smells so good. I, I thought Gabe Kapler was my wife's um uh, man crush in the game of baseball uh then i thought it was javier lopez because yeah. in 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 the quotes of mrs ball game he's not ugly yeah. and uh and now we got b craw my goodness and his nickname was dj bc raw play the music bam, 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 bam. that's it that's great have a great day don't forget to, uh, your random act of kindness Every day. Rake. Rake. <laughs>